<laughs> Welcome to Facing Fear with Sarah. My name is Sarah McInerney Hawk. I am your host. I went from 30 flirty and thriving to 30 flirty and surviving. I was diagnosed with breast cancer at age 30, and prior to that, I had faced a lot of fears in life, which led me to creating this podcast in 2019. Fast forward, here we are many years later, and I've interviewed over 100 different guests with many stories of how they face fear while remaining unapologetically authentic. That is what we are here to do, encourage you to live your life unapologetically and authentically. The Facing Fear world recently got a little bit bigger because a new part of it is in the world, and that's my book, my very first book. It's called Does Carcinoma Mean Cancer? It covers the four days between being tested for cancer and finding out that I had it, and the funny things that happened in between. Well, you know, funny, happy, sad, etc. It can be found anywhere on Amazon, and it's a graphic memoir, which means it is 70% art, 30% text, and it's 74 pages long. So it's something you could read in one sitting, revisit multiple times because the art has a lot of dual meanings and I'm so proud of it. Go check it out on Amazon or facingfearwithsarah.com backslash book. All right, let's get into this week's episode. you guys, we have finished a whole season on one topic, truly something I have never done before, but I just love storytelling in all different shapes, sizes, and forms. And I felt so called to not just let talking about buying a house or a piece of property or investing be one story. And it was really cool to have all sorts of different people come on and share their experiences because truly everybody's experience is different. So in this episode, I'm going to wrap it all up for you. So I'm going to take pieces from all six of our guests. And hopefully if you missed any of the episodes, it will intrigue you to go back and listen to the full episode. Or maybe you just want one quick recap. I've got it right here for you. To give you a little update on Jacob and I's house, so let me just try to rattle off some of the projects we've done. We have majorly cleaned up the outdoors. Um, This house was left empty for probably almost two months before we got it, so just imagine the most weeds you've ever seen and then multiply that by two. Um, All the bushes are extremely unruly and thick and terrible, so we've tried to cut those down and back. We've trimmed tree limbs that were almost hanging to the ground. Um, We've enjoyed, you know, mowing the grass and making our own lines, which has been cool. On the inside, we have redone every square inch of the floors. So that's 1,700 square feet of new floor put in ourselves. And by ourselves, I mean Jacob and two of our friends. And then we've painted every inch of this house Um, let's see, we've gotten some new furniture, done a lot of Facebook marketplace haggling, which has been fun, but also kind of can be frustrating at times when people don't reply or they ghost you, but that's just part of the game. We're still trying to figure out the best places for furniture and whatnot, but we are having a little joint birthday party and open house in September. So I'm super excited for people to come see our place, not perfect in any means, but to come enjoy this space with us that you've heard me talk about for so long. Now, as you know, I faced my fear 
prior to doing this season, but I tell you what, these past six episodes have been a lot of the things that I wish I had known, people I wish I knew I could have confided in, and questions answered that I was looking for. So no matter what stage in life you are, go back and listen to each episode. They have done really well. They've been very awesome to see all these stories come to life and just to share many different perspectives. I also want to share with you that I am going to go on another break until at least September. I've just given you six episodes over three weeks, give you plenty of time to go back and to listen to what you haven't already. And I turn 30 and I also got a new job. So lots and lots of change going on and I want to give myself the grace and space to really absorb those things as they come at me without the pressure of having to continue to put out a new episode every single week. So in my little break here, please go back and listen to all of season six, which was Facing Fear, Buying Property. Let me know what you think, and until then, you can find me in the social media world. All right, here's our recap for season six. Enjoy. Hi. Well, hi, I'm Jenna Martin. I live on the south side of Indianapolis, and I am an asset manager for SIGET. Okay, awesome. Well, thanks for being here, Jenna. We are also both Cardinals, so chirp, chirp. Yeah, get it going. (laughs) We were still kind of like on the fence, but then um, he actually deployed um, right when the pandemic hit. And um, I was just like the first is our third deployment, but our first one with a kid and we were not necessarily near any family members. And so with COVID and everything like that, like we were extra isolated. I had just lost my job and it was just, it was kind of crazy. So we were like, okay, you know what? Like let's let's find something closer to family. Cause we know with him being in the military deployment again is inevitable. And so then we were just right. like, let's do it. Let's start looking. So instead of scrolling right next to each other before bed, we're scrolling across the world. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to video him, but he's in the right. middle of the sandbox. And so his video is kind of sketchy. So he kind of sees the house and he's like, yeah. I think that works. Like, yeah, it's great. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, but but do I sign? Like, do you want me to sign this off? You have a lot more rights than people assume you do when you're buying an as-is property. And so I have lots to think uh, think towards the Indiana Housing and Community Development Authority, which is like IHCDA. Yeah. And, um, you know, the sellers of the house were like, you're buying it as-is, like, you don't need to do an inspection. Well, you don't necessarily forfeit, but typically when people are buying an as-is property, it's someone who's doing a cash offer. They're gonna flip it and they're gonna they're gonna turn around and sell it, right? Yeah. Well, we were buying it to dwell in while we're working on it, and so there are certain things that needed to be done, and the house had to be insurable for that to happen. In the state of Indiana, you don't forfeit. Um, the opportunity to have an inspection done Mm -hmm. you just aren't given the ultimate like like we could do the inspection but we can't make the owner do anything to the house exactly our situation we bought as is too and i made our realtor ask what is their definition of as is and they said as is as is as is yep and and they'll do that they'll hold on to that and so you can do as is, but you have to be very upfront as to what the buyer is buying. 
And yeah. there was just some fishy conversations happening. And I was like, I'm paying for an inspection. Like, I want to know what we're getting into because we're wanting to dwell in it with a Absolutely. two-year-old now, Absolutely. right? And so, uh, so we paid the money and I kid you not, Sarah, we, I went with the inspector. I know that's not normal, but I was like super crazy about it. <laughs> so in this book that helped me face my fear, I got this book, Home Buying Kit for Dummies. They say go. It is a huge advantage to go to the inspection. And I went to ours and our realtor was like, meh, you don't have to. And I was like, no, I'm going with the book. And I'm so glad I did. Find a realtor that you trust. I would definitely say shop around and find a good fit for you because that person's going to be your advocate. And dang, that real estate test is super hard from what I hear. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Nico Berrios. And last time everyone heard from me, uh, and we talked about quite a few, quite a few things. We talked about, uh, my triathlon, my weight loss journey. You know, we talked about, uh, we talked about my mother's restaurant and, and work and whatnot, but, uh, here we are now, uh, talking about the, the home buying process. Here's another thing as far as, and I'll get back to where my townhouse is, but here's another thing that you guys that have to think about is, right, I gave myself a budget. I said, I don't want us to go over X, but sometimes, sometimes you just got to go over X, you know, <laughs> because it's like, got to think of long-term, but in my situation, you know, I have my family now. So it was either we find a house that's in or below our budget. And I know we can stay there for a good five years and raise the boys while they're still young and then, and then jump into a bigger home or jump right into a bigger home. So once we found this house, we cannot pass up on it. I know a lot of times people go with like friends or family friends because they want to be nice and they're trying to help someone out. It's one of those where it's like, it's nothing personal. It's just business. And it's also just the place you're going to live in. So you want to make sure you know, everything is buttoned up. And I know, you know, sometimes people's feelings might get hurt because you didn't go with, uh, you know, little cousin, little cousin <laughs> Susie, who's trying to start out and get her feet wet in real estate. But you need, you need someone who's going to be a bull for you. Same thing on like the mortgage side, find someone who's going to go up to bat for you, who's going to get you the best interest rates. My mortgage guy just called me yesterday. I'm going next week we're going to go have a glass of bourbon together you know <laughs> so have that have that kind of relationship with your people with your circle in the home buying process know them get that relationship shit make them take you for a drink you know before so that way you know they're in this shit for you because <laughs> anyone can come you know and and they're going to you know sling you whatever houses out there for crazy amounts of money or whatever because at the end of the day they're going to make that commission with or without you mm -hmm. you know so make sure they're, make sure they're in it for you. That's, I, I couldn't agree more, Sarah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, that was, that was the one thing I feared. And definitely the one thing I will say is, is don't, don't stress yourself out. You have to go see 30 houses, go freaking see 30 houses. Who cares? Um, yep. find what's right for you, for your family, for, you know, whoever it is that's along in the home buying process with you. My name is Rebecca Foster. I stay home with my two little boys, um, Griffin and Roman. Griffin's two and a half and Roman is nine months old this week, I believe. And um, my husband and I, we live in Westfield. He, we've been married for 
four years and uh, we are currently renting our home, which is why we are a part of the podcast. Just my list of things that were important at the time. If a house didn't have a backsplash, I didn't want to see it. Like <laughs> it just shows you the difference in maturity of my age at what was I 24, 25 to now I'm 28. And I'm like, oh my gosh, give me whatever. I don't care as long as the pipes work and the air and heat. Yes. <laughs> we made 35,000 off of our house, just in the value over two years, that chunk of money eliminated most of my student loan debt, Awesome. Um, which was our biggest debt that we had outside of a car. It was really the only thing. Um, so once we knocked that out and realized we had like four or $500 left in our pocket every month, we started looking at what other things we could take away, um, that would allow me to stay home. Little things like we don't really watch cable that much. So why pay for it? Um, and then if we eliminated childcare, like how much am I really bringing home after childcare? Um, so if we wouldn't have sold our home, we wouldn't have had that freedom and finances monthly, um, to make the decision for me to stay home with our kids. Really, we're doing all of the same steps. We're just doing them out of order. Like we look back now and think we should have rented at first when we got married and then went through the home buying process, but you know, lessons learned. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's the other thing too. Like we said, we get no education in high school. If you're lucky enough to go to college, you still don't get it there. And then for you guys, no way in the world would anybody ever think like, oh, buy a home. It could eventually help you invest in something and pay something else off in your life, you know, but instead you have students who are feeding, feeding, feeding into rent and then feeding, feeding into student loans. And it's like two spinning hamster wheels. You know, how many hamster wheels can we handle? Not that many. So, well, and then the other hamster wheel that we didn't realize, like you just mentioned education on home buying. We didn't know what we were doing and we were just listening to the people that were supposed to be experts, which like they were doing their job, but they weren't Madison and Rebecca. They didn't know what was best for us. So at the time that we were going to purchase, we had a down payment. It wasn't 20%, but we had a down payment. And they said, well, if you don't have 20%, you might as well just put the minimum down. That way you can have more money in your pocket, especially for your wedding. Of course, that was coming up and the more we could, you know, the bigger party we could have, the better. Um, But that translated into going back to your question about us, like freeing up money. We looked at the long term because we did that and had a lesser down payment. We had PMI. I don't know if you know anything about that. Yes, we've got it. (laughs) Yep. If you don't put 20% down, you have PMI. At the time, mortgage rates were not low. So our mortgage rate was 6%, also leveraged because of the lower um, down payment. So we did the math. We wouldn't have gotten rid of our PMI for almost 10 years. We did a 30-year mortgage. And then with that interest rate, we the value of our home was $165,000. We would have paid $135,000 in interest. <sighs> so then when we did the math, looking at all of it, um, we do follow Dave Ramsey a little bit, not to a T, but we like to learn from his principles and he encourages renting unless you have the down payment and, uh, encourages a 15 year mortgage. 
So we did the math. We could rent for five years during that time, saving money to get the 20% down, affording a 15-year mortgage and still come out on top rather than staying in that original house that we did. And the funny thing is that house was at like 165. That would also include um, a more expensive house now because home values are crazy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think that although it is such a fear that there's encouragement that people are talking about this topic. My name is uh, Vinny Vecchio. I am from Staten Island, New York. I am 37 years old, uh, born and raised in New York City. Um, I lived here my, my entire life. And uh, I briefly relocated to Rhode Island for a job opportunity for about 10 months, but ultimately wound up coming back to the New York, uh, New Jersey area. And, you know, that's where I am right now. And, um, you know, obviously for all our listeners from the Finish Line fam and JD fam, um, you know, area sales manager for them. So shout out to JD Finish Line. All my life, I never really wanted a house. I didn't want to keep up with the maintenance, but I was like, you know what? I'm 35 years old. I think it's probably the best investment. So I took that money. I already had a little bit of savings, took that money, and I started to just bank it. And uh, that was the plan. So I was like, okay. That's where I, I messed up. And that's where I <laughs> didn't. And I didn't do the research on my own. And that was one of my, looking back at now one of my things that I wish I can change. So, you know, you have the sub subject matter expert, right? You have the realtor. And they've been in the game for 25 years. They got, you know, my best interest at heart. And you really think and believe them. And then it's sad to come to find out, like, at the end of the day, and listen, not all real estate agents are like this, but at the end of the day, you're a money, you're just a money sign to them. Uh, my girlfriend, uh, Montana, she is in the process with me. Um, and the things that we experienced together were just, like, unreal. So, listen, I, I won't say money is not an object, but, like, you know, you're like, all right, so, like, the inspection's fine. All right, the lawyer fee, fine. Okay, the deposit, like, I get it. And then all of a sudden, like, it doesn't work out. And it's like, all right, well, oh, you got a really expense, expensive education on the real estate market. <laughs> that is one way to look at it. Damn straight. Let's not normalize that it's okay to be stressed out about purchasing a home. <laughs> because people I would talk to would be like, oh, you're, you're through inspection? Oh, you wait till you get to closing like that's nothing yet and like like it's normal and i'm like no like i should not feel that i'm spending you know half a million dollars on a home and i should feel stressed out and and not happy about that like that's not normal yeah like where where else like when you go buy a car you're excited you get in the car you drive it you got what you wanted right you go to the finish line you buy sneakers <laughs> the new drop you're excited you go buy a house this is my face. Like, I'm, I'm you know, <laughs> doesn't make sense. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. So we had a budget in mind. And then when we realized where, what we were seeing at that budget and the tree to be competitive, we kept going up. So mm -hmm. literally like we went up like a hundred grand from where we were and oh, yes. Wow. And could we financially support it and swing it? Absolutely. But we just kept yeah. seeing ourselves going up and up and then, Eventually, I was like, you know, we, we have to, we can't do this. Like, we're living in such a crazy market that we're trying to compete and it's it's taking us out of character of who we are. Like, we have to stop right. that. Right. I said, you know what, we're going to take off for a while. Just not doing it. We were going every weekend. 
And then it's exhausting. Yeah. Yeah. You know, after work, shooting straight home, meeting them at the house to the next point, you know, and if you like it, you got to get the contract in at night. Yeah. Just too much. So I said, we'll take off. And then just to know that like you didn't get it and it's nothing that you, you had no control over it. Like you couldn't even counter. So that was my biggest fear uh, in, in the whole process. But, um, but we let it, we let it go. We let it go. And that's when we, 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 we said that, you know, hard stop. We can't, can't continue like this. It wasn't great for our mental health. So everybody out there understand that you're going to probably have situations like that. Um, And just to understand that you do have control, you can have control because you, it is your money. Like you said, your money and your decision. Um, So if anything feels that uh, not right to you, or you just don't feel right, like stop it, just stop it right there. And just, and just say, Hey, like, I don't feel comfortable with this. Like, I don't understand why we're doing this. What's the process behind this? Like why? And then if anybody tells you all that's all, that's, that's just the process. Like, no, that's not the process for me. And I don't, I don't want that. Um, so just, you know, just to wrap up what, like we said earlier, keep your friends and family out of it. Uh, keep it to you, <laughs> keep it to yourself or to your, your partner or whoever that is that's going on that journey with you. Keep it to yourselves um, and do as much research as you can um, do as much research as you can, but do the research on your own from books and from, you know, Google don't research your friends and family. They love you. They're going to give you the best advice. But some of the advice is outdated and some of the, the situations that they have had don't don't line up to what you're going through. And um, I think that's where it becomes real conflicting. So, My name is Dina Phillips. I'm from Columbus, Ohio, living in Indianapolis, loving it. I'm a Midwest girl at heart. And I am not really millennial or Gen Z. It's like a zillennial, a little bit of each. And that's kind of where I am at my life right now. So I would say that my saving isn't the best and that's not something that I'm good at, but things that you aren't good at, you find someone who is. So I actually have a financial advisor who handles my finances. Um, He breaks it down of this is how much I need to be saving per month. This is how much goes into my stocks, my 401k, my Roth, um, things like that. And it's actually just all automatic because that's not something that I'm good at. And it's also not something that I truly want to spend some of my precious time doing. I'd rather just know that it automatically gets done and the rest of my life I can live in peace and spend as I'd like. What wasn't a fear? (laughs) I was nervous to be doing something this large on my own. I do have a partner and he's great, but I mean, when it comes to taxes and the state, I am single. So I'm doing things on my own. And as my birthday was in January, I turned 26. I was like, oh my goodness, how do I know I'm too young or too single or too new to the city to be making such a large decision. Um, So there was a lot of fear in the beginning. Um, It wasn't easy. It wasn't, it still isn't to this day. I mean, there's something new every day that happens and I'm like, oh gosh, what am I going to do? But um, I think that, like you said, it doesn't make it easy for single people to do these things. But if you know that you want it, you just kind of go for it. And And honestly, like I said, I wanted to own something and I just didn't want to pay rent anymore. Why am I paying to borrow this space? And then you're going to get mad at me if I like make a scratch in the wall or something that takes honestly two seconds to paint. So I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. 
Yes, um, you have to face the fear and do it anyways. Like this absolutely amazing girl, woman named Sarah told me that. And I was like, I'm writing this down and possibly tattooing it. So. <laughs> amazing, amazing. I love it. I had to really realize that I did the absolute best that I could with what I had. Yep. I cannot let my insecurities and my fear overtake me. I had to really realize that I did the absolute best that I could with what I had. Yep. I cannot let my insecurities and my fear overtake me. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the Facing Fear podcast. I'd love to know what you think, so please leave a review on Apple's podcast app, or you can go to the Facing Fear with Sarah Facebook and leave a review there as well. If you or someone you know has a story of overcoming fear to pursue their own definition of success, please submit yourself or that person as a guest. You can do that at facingfearwithsarah.com. Until next time, I'll see you in the social media world. You can find the show everywhere at Facing Fear with Sarah or communicate directly by emailing hello at facingfearwithsarah.com. You made it to the end of the episode, so I'm going to give you a little surprise. I was recently published in the Wildfire Magazine. It is the first and only publication for and by those who are too young to be affected by breast cancer. And you can go get this issue at a discount. So visit wildfirecommunity.org and use code wildfire15 or even better, use the link in my social media, in the show notes today. And if you use that particular link and the code, you can not only save yourself money, but you can also earn me a little bit of money as I get a kickback from every purchase used under Sarah's link. So go check it out in the show notes. The issue is themed the new normal and This is relatable for anybody who's been through some kind of storm in life and is trying to figure out who they are and who and what and how and why life goes on afterwards. So check it out. Go visit wildfirecommunity.org. Use code wildfire15 to save on your version of a print or digital copy of the latest issue called The New Normal. Thank you so, so much for your support.